0: We are Wrestling Elitist. I'm your co host, Alex Gibson, alongside the only man on this podcast qualified to run a target, Chris Scott Moore. Yeah.
1: And hopefully, my new neighbor, Sean Nash. What's going on, boys? I'd rather be your neighbor than a target manager. So I'll take that.
0: We are coming fresh off of a weekend of uh, debauchery. I think that's how you say that
2: word, right? Debauchery. Oh, Entertaining clients. That's how drunk you still are. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we before the show started, I asked Chris if he was hungover on Saturday, and he said he was still ho- hungover today on Monday. So still working on it. Uh, <laughs> That's
2: a shoot, brother. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we had a great company outing, uh, just celebrating, you know, Q three, our goals that we've hit, and what what we're planning for Q four.
1: Skyrocketing.
0: Uh, but, uh, before we get started, want to thank everybody who listened last week. Got some good feedback on the episode. Want to thank everybody who checks out the website. WrestlingLeaders.com for match reviews and articles Um, this week chris is actually going to be tonight posting a review of ecw anarchy rules 99 Uh, so please be sure to check that out and then i also uh, ended up writing a a quick article on my thoughts on jungle boy jack perry that will hopefully be coming out either tomorrow or sometime later this week Uh, sean before we get started can you let everybody know what the plan is for today
1: We're going to talk about some news that happened, our matches, moments, cringes, and what we're looking forward to in the upcoming Grand Slam, and we'll kind of dissect a little bit of dynamite for the Grand Slam and some other happenings in the wrestling world.
0: Awesome. Well, let's get right to it. I think this week, news-wise, there was like 15 things that we could have chosen, and um, let's start right with, with kind of one of the biggest ones, Sean. Uh, the news on Malachi
1: Black. Yep, Malachi Black kind of spoke a little, little bit on Instagram. Uh, kind of said some untrue private conversations have been leaked. He's, uh, as anyone would be, just kind of trying to smooth everything over. Everything's fine. He's dealt with a lot of stuff in the last two years of loss, suicide, uh, mental set, uh, mental medical setbacks. Um, he's going to release something more later, probably in the form sounds of like the form of like a shoot video podcast, who knows? Um, as he just said, as he says in that is, um, if you don't hear it from me, it's not true moments later, we get the, uh, the Meltzer news on him wanting to go back to WWE before he's even asked for his release. So who knows? I mean, I'm sure he did. As soon as he heard that triple H was coming back and that's who pushed him as a megastar in NXT and gave him the championship, which you can't say that uh, his AEW years have been pushed very well. So, I mean, hopefully he goes somewhere else and is is healthy, happy, and all things are good. Yeah, it's
0: weird. I think when he joined, it was so exciting, and he had that first squash over Cody. You really thought that he was going to come in and be a star, and then world beater kind of just floundered after that. Granted, there's now we know that there was a, an injury that he thought was actually going to make him retire. He even pushed back, though, a little bit when people suggested maybe that was why he wasn't getting the push. So it's really a weird situation. I know his wife had just re-signed with WWE when he got released. So I think that that's probably a real big part of this, right, is they work on different days. They're traveling to different states. They probably don't get to be around each other as much as they had really planned. And she had come back after having a falling out with the WWE. So, you know, two of for her to have gone back, she probably did that specifically so they could be together and then for him to lose his job at that time. It's really weird. It, it's sad though. I, I really like Malachi Black. I thought when he came over, him and Andrade both were are guys that I would say AEW hasn't handled properly. I still think that there's there's opportunity to. I don't think they're wasted or that they're lost causes. It wouldn't take a whole lot to build them back up. But it feels like this kind of hurts a little bit to see him not have really had a chance to truly fulfill his potential in AEW as much of us would have expected.
2: Yeah. His Cody feud was the kiss of death that really um, took his opportunity away from him. And it's a sad case because the guy is a very likable dude. Like even in this post um, he's very open about his mental health struggles. I have depression. I was like people who are public about it. it makes them relatable. And he just seems like a, Adam Cole-ish nice guy and <laughs> just someone who seems like he's like a genuine sweetheart mm-hmm. and even if it's coming from a guy who's covered in tats and listens to horror core whatever the fuck that kind of music is Hell like yeah. he's he, but it's like an unlikely source and there's something yeah. interesting about a guy like that who actually is really nice and sweet and articulate and I hope he gets to be a baby face wherever he does wrestle at because he does have a unique aura and hopefully they can do something with him that's not just you know, goth cult thing.
1: Yeah. Imagine him just coming in right away with the house of black stable, Brody King at his side, right from the jump after that squash of Cody and then run with that, not just sit around for months and months. And back Or Julia before. Hart right in. away. Wouldn't that yeah, be great? That would have really helped <laughs> out. Some people we'll talk about later.
0: And I will say, if he does go back to WWE, his WWE theme was fucking great. Oh, best gym theme there is. Yeah, yeah, truly was. And I, I felt like it was weird how much they hid him behind vignettes and and backstage promos. Maybe he wasn't comfortable talking in front of the crowd, and that's why they did that. But it, it was just odd. And they do the same thing with Miro, where I wish there was some more live stuff happening. I'm sure it's something to to help help them be able to do that and not struggle or stutter or anything like that. You know, with nerves. But you've got guys like Stokely Hathaway on the roster now and some other great talkers. I, I would rather see those guys' promos be happening in person because when it's a fine yet, it just doesn't feel as impactful. Chris, what was your news of the week?
2: Yeah, and this might be rumor and innuendo and bullshit, but there is a leak about NBC Universal potentially taking over Warner Brothers Discovery. And if that's the case, where does that put AEW and WWE even on the pecking order and how are their programs going to be broadcast? Why would this mega company have two uh, providers of wrestling content? Um, who knows if that's true or not. It was leaked by the um, always aforementioned comic book guy.com or comic never fucking heard of that, not to disparage them, but just isn't like it's the, you know, AP a they're reporting it. Yeah. So who knows if that's true or not, but sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire and there could be talk of a merger, Um, I know HBO, uh, had let go a lot of people and that app, I guess, isn't as popular for some reason. So there's some financial stuff going on with Warner brothers discovery. And let's not forget that Warner brothers, just history as a conglomerate has always been just shaky, even from back in the Ted Turner days. So you just never know how true any of this could be, um, it would be an insane thing to have happen to the landscape of television. Alex, you joked that the other day it's just all going to be back to the same fucking problem and landscape that it was before. And that everything's just going to be owned by two channels again. And that's all streaming's going to be. And you're going to be forced to pay a shitload of money for stuff like it was back when cable was mm-hmm. uh, cut to begin with. So who knows what's going to happen. It's just an interesting story. Something to keep an eye out of, especially with AEW's TV deal coming up in 2024, where there's a lot of nervousness about how that's going to play out.
0: Yeah, it's it's scary. And I think, especially with knowing that we're I think we're about a year out from negotiations really starting for the next deal. So timing wise, it's just it sucks. (laughs) It really sucks because as much as WWE seems to be turning things around a bit. For you know, with Triple H under the helm, it to me it it made it watchable. It didn't. It's not going to necessarily make it great for me. I I just enjoy the AEW style so much more that I I just I'm I don't want to I don't want to lose them. Right. I think this has been a, a fun time having AEW to really put our focus into, not having to watch New Japan all the time and and worrying about uh, the timing difference there. And so hopefully hopefully whatever happens, they could still do well. I know that there was talk, I was just listening to Jericho's podcast and he talked about the foundation or the founding of AEW and they were originally talking with Amazon Prime, Showtime and some other services like that, so even if it does happen, there's still an opportunity, it just, it might change the money that's available, which means WWE will be able to really widen the gap talent wise because they can just continue to pay.
2: Yeah. And two like the Big Ten just got that like almost NFL level uh, deal. So there's going to be a lot of jockeying for positions with content providers and someone to give a wrestling company a huge deal. Isn't going to be a big shock because it's cheap programming that goes for 52 weeks um, that you don't have to put any. I don't know. It's just an easy thing cut copy and paste and just repeat it um it's funny too like the, there's so many sitcoms that are just fucking dreadful like two and a half men and big bang theory and uh, how i met your mother that make like 200 500 billion million dollars a year just in their streaming rights fees and stuff like that so it's like if they're throwing that money around for shit that you can get streamed everywhere too already like i have a hard time imagining that AEW isn't going to get a decent deal. That's at least above and beyond what the market has shifted to. That's just my prediction. I think it's a little bit of uh much to do about nothing.
0: Certainly. And I do think that there's a little bit of that arms race too when it comes to the streaming companies right yeah. now. So you might be able to really just kind of take advantage where it's the same thing where Joe Rogan will never be actually worth a hundred million dollars that Spotify paid him or rumored actually even potentially more, but he did that at a time where they're just paying are they're, they're knowingly overpaying. So hopefully places are going to continue to do that for a little bit of time so we can, can continue to get AEW and hopefully then MJF can get his boatloads of money from, from Tony Khan and the boys <laughs> Uh, kind of speaking on that same uh, path of news. I think for me, I just had this week dynamite was over 1 million uh, viewers again this week. And it wasn't just barely over. They they had a pretty good number. I think they were they were close to like one million, and then over close to like another hundred thousand over that at, at certain points in the show. And to see them be able to do that two weeks in a row without Punk, without the box, it's a little bit of a of a, a show to them of like, hey, we could do this without you. But also, I think last week when it happened, or the, or you know, two weeks ago when it happened, it was probably everyone wondering what the fallout was from that po- that media scrum this week, people came back, they watched, it was one of the highest viewed cable shows this, this past week. And now we're going into grand slam, which should be a bigger number. So if, if we did that for the, for the go home show, essentially for grand slam, I'm, I'm excited to see what the numbers look like. Not that I can interpret ratings or anything like that, but it just always feels good when they get over a million. That just feels like
1: a good number. Yeah. Who well, knew Sammy Guevara would be a draw? I mean, that I wouldn't have stayed in for the after the first fifteen minutes of that. But <laughs> it's because he got that new hairstyle. Yeah. Uh, well, moving on,
0: let's talk about uh, last week's episode and go into the match of the week. Sean, what did you
1: have? Well, starting this off is a little dangerous, but Brian Danielson defeating Chris Jericho. Great brutal chop, fest. Jericho kind of seemed gassed the whole time, where Danielson still had a bit of fight in him because he's the younger bowl in the the old older bowl match i guess um best wrestler best tenured wrestler versus the best tenured sports entertainer jericho knew when to pick his moments knew when to do his things uh brian danielson is just most deserving of the title everyone knows it the best wrestler there is but uh it still just doesn't feel like it's his time with where everything else kind of is and where the state of affairs that we were left with by the CM Punk debacle, MJF kind of just has his, his rise, so I would like to see Moxley win later. But Danielson's always putting people on to another level, go back two weeks to that Hangman Page match that was still on level with their was 30-minute draw or was it an hour draw. Just He always puts it on and always does it well.
2: Yeah, I thought it was a very good match, too. I gave it four stars on the website. Wrestlinglatest.com, by the way. Uh, I liked how it was structured to kind of mirror the Sammy and Moxley match where Danielson had most of the advantage throughout, but Jericho did pick his spots, and then that comeback at the end, it felt like, okay, he could legitimately win this and steal it. I liked the spot that they did with Danielson doing the running knee, but then he was too gimpy and weak, and then that's when Jericho put on submission moves, and that's how they kind of ended the match, is just jockeying for position with submission holds, which is obviously believable with these two. Jericho's chest I put on the website too. The tough titties. Because he looked like he was uh Cody Rhodes from <laughs> Hell in a Cell. I mean, those things looked nasty. They looked Ooh. like Kofi and Cody all in one. It was just rough. Um, so poor Jericho got his uh got his chops in, man. Those things I I, I could never understand like like, what do you do? You put like new skin on your chest or something, or like, how do these guys like go out to the bar and like drink afterwards? Yeah, and just imagine walking around with like such a chest full of scars and cuts and all red like that it would be fucking awful.
0: Uh, my match of the week was also Danielson and Jericho. Nothing really else to add, other than like, I actually wasn't looking forward to this too much just because we had just seen these two go at it. Um, but I thought that this was way better than their all-out match. Oh,
1: significantly!
0: I just it's incredible what both of them are able to do at their age. But Jericho, I think, continues to surprise me because totally. I get I get a little bit of Jericho fatigue every now and then, and I'm kind of at that point right now. And then he pulls out a match like this where it's just perfect, exactly. Um, and I think last week on the episode, I was talking about think I thought that uh, Mox was going to win. Uh, the title this week, I actually think now it's going to be Danielson. I think in seeing um, just kind of the way that he's he's now beaten Hangman, who he lost to in December, he's beaten Jericho, who he had lost to a few times since he's joined AEW. Now now him beating Mox, who he lost to in February, makes sense. On top of the fact that he's pretty open, that he doesn't care about winning the title again, and like, like he doesn't need a world title run. So I think it kind of makes sense for like this one that's probably going to be short give it to him, let him drop it to MJF in November at full gear. And who's like, everyone's going to hate MJF when he beats Danielson. I think that's like the one person that people can really get behind. Totally. Awesome. Well, uh, moving on. Speaking of MJF moment of the week, what did you have today, Chris?
2: Oh, my, my, uh, moment of the week was easily that promo that MJF cut, Uh, Just some of his lines are great. Uh, The whole thing about uh, my mind is a more dangerous demon than the alcohol that you gave up or whatever the hell he how he phrased it just genius. Uh, he does such a good job too of just little things like he yelling at the cameraman to get back in the corner when he was cutting his promo. How much like he would get the crowd still into what he was doing? Um, I, I, boy, I, I'll still stay stand by it though. I think there's an opportunity for him as a babyface, but doing this kind of Don Rickles shtick of like he makes you yeah. uh, and he's Mister Mean or you know Mister Nice Guy and stuff, but he's a he's an asshole still. And you just kind of play along with it, kind of like how The Rock was an asshole, like The Rock in his prime was an Mm -hmm. asshole to everyone. And so maybe MJF can still kind of emulate that and do it in his own unique way. But uh, just a great segment, really funny shit. Uh, He's the best promo man in the business easily, and uh, he's the reason why the uh, ratings have gone up, too.
0: He is. He's been just spectacular in his time back. And I think that they're doing a good job. Part of actually, also, what has made me think that Danielson's winning this week is because they've done such a hard, they've done such a great job of setting up Mox versus MJF that it makes me think that it's because they want you to think that Mox is winning this week, and then they're going to kind of s- s- swerve. Not really. It's not a swerve. I don't think. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Danielson winning a, a world title should be. Uh, a swerve to anybody, but I, it feels a little <laughs> right. bit that way. So right. it, just another great, great time. Is this three weeks in a row that MJF is my moment of the week? Yeah, three time, so. Three yeah, time dynamite gold ring winner, three time moment of the week winner in a row. He's on fire.
1: Wow. Numbers. <laughs> Sean, mine, what was your moment of the week? Mine was just a little more lighthearted. Less, less time was taken with it. But uh, when Orange Cassidy just kind of randomly blast Pac in the back with a nice, punch to the jaw great quick moment come on and out of nowhere this will be a fun match they they had a good fun match before and now we'll do it again for that all uh, all elite atlantic title or whatever the hell it's called but should be fun
0: <laughs> it was such a weird cinematic shot that did not look like a great punch at all no. but it also kind of worked because it was an orange cassidy punch but he also like completely got knocked out it was yeah. such an odd spot
2: yeah, the whole thing was a little bizarre too, because it's almost like it was like Marvez was gonna be the guy that they fought Pac or something. Like it's just like, wait, what's this guy doing? <laughs> um Are they heels now? The best friend? No, uh Death Triangle. Oh. I don't that think so. Pac's just kind of a bastard. I
1: don't know. I,
0: well, think, yeah, he's, oh, I think he's I think he's like a tweener. I think yeah. he's more tweener and then the Lucha brothers are are still
1: Kind okay, because the they side. can
2: sometimes get a little bit big show and cany, you know, where it's just like, "What are you? Are you bad or good?" Right? Yeah. I mean, Pack is a bastard. That is a good call, Sean. You're right. Damn it. Thanks. Sorry. But
0: in that case, though, just to him just getting punched right there while he's in the middle of an interview, pretty face. That felt a little heelish, heelish from Orange Cassidy there. So I right? want to see right. Orange Cassidy. So It'll best. be Did so interesting to see that dynamic. Oh. Well, moving on to our cringe of the week. Chris, what uh, had you hating watching wrestling this week?
2: Oh, Matt Hardy, just as sad. He's walking around like, chic, baby. And just, he just waddles from side to side. It's like chic. It's Bastion Booger-esque. And he just doesn't look well. Um I don't know. It's just there's not a nice way to say it, but he just does need to retire. And the idea of Jeff coming back again is also Mm. just scary. And why are you guys putting yourself through it? Just retire. Don't jump off a 20-foot ladder for no reason. I just don't want to see them wrestle anymore. They're not bad people. Well, Jeff, I don't know. He, he might be. <laughs> he <laughs> he, he of, might be. His decision. There's a him. debate to be had. Jeff, yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a legitimate, like, thing where you could... And, and like, I'm not trying to make light of his issues, but at the same point, like, how many olive branches can you extend and how many times can trust be betrayed by the fan base and then your own peers? And do you really need to do this anymore if it's going to fuck up your life and ruin it? Well, and, yeah, and how... How much of it is is wrestling causing it, right? Like,
0: maybe if he yeah, goes and just 100%. runs a farm or you know works at a hardware store, maybe he doesn't feel the need to to do all the somas and drink and drive. Maybe maybe wrestling is just not a great uh, great influence on him, and he just needs to get away from it. I truly, I think we can go back into the archives. We didn't really care for. The, the Hardy boys reunion when it first was rumored when it, then when it happened and I can say definitively, I'm even less interested in it now. I just think that you can only get so many second chances and Jeff's had enough. Let's just not do it. And then, and like you said, Matt can't walk. He, he walks like he's got like, just like a, like he said a, a severe groin, back.
2: groin injury and like, yeah. again, not to make light of it, but it's like, and I, dead to start off and cheeky baby references and stuff or whatever the fuck but like he's practically immobile and everyone has to run into him to bump off him and he looks like he's in serious chronic pain and that's not it's hard to watch and it's sad yeah they've been gone long enough you kind of
1: forgot about him but here they are to come ruin a wet dream Uh, if Jeff comes back that's truly just disheartening after when we talked about it months ago and just kind of praying he would never would but we're already getting those little teases, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I hope that that's Matt just kind of going into business for themselves a little bit, and h- him because he had said something about it, right? About Jeff being close to return or something. Or he's a, I can't he's wait for back everyone to great see great.
2: the new him. And it's like, yeah, well, you kind of like, how many times have you cried wolf though with this? And yeah, 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 it's a sensitive topic, and it's sad. And like, I don't know what it's like to be a drug addict or face addiction issues. I don't. I'm not going to claim that I do, but uh, I don't know. I just want you to do something else with your life and be happier and safer and healthier. Uh, managing okay. Target.
0: What's What's <laughs> sad though is, uh, the second if if AEW were to let them go or or be like, hey, we're we're done letting you wrestle, Conrad would be on the phone with them so fucking quick for a Hardy Boys last match pay per view. And oh, can yeah, you I didn't imagine think of that. What,
2: yeah. Can you imagine what players. those
0: two would do without, like, the restrictions of, like, AEW's insurance <laughs> policy? <laughs> yeah.
2: Or just that idea that Jeff supposedly has of, like, a ring that spins and is, like, a, like, a, what are those, like, um, astrograph or stuff, up graph, uh, gyro thing, whatever the hell. He had some weird-ass idea where it was, it just, I couldn't, or Willow again. Jesus Christ. That though. guy is, he has
0: endless, horrible ideas. Creatively, just one of the worst of all time.
2: <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny how it's like Vince is so shitty and ruined the product. You wonder if like Vince was like, okay, fine, go go do it. We'll see how it turns <laughs> out.
0: <laughs> my, uh, my cringe of the week was uh, Brian Pillman Jr. interview. Where he claimed that the varsity blondes <laughs> lost their edge when they lost Julia Hart. They didn't have an
2: edge before.
0: Could you and- imagine?
2: <laughs> yeah. It was only at that moment where the ship had sailed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, they were they were really on a roll. I that is a team made up of three zeros, people that don't add or take anything away from the product. But it's like it's like in baseball, there's wins above replacement. You can just sub any other warm body in there and that's what they'll do. That's the Varsity Blondes. <laughs> and so uh, to, to see him just use that as the reason that they've lost their momentum or, or to even believe that they had it is uh, wild. To even believe they had it.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. and yes. cringy. And I'd also like to say he – I wish I could remember what it was, but he had put out some sort of a tweet taking a shot at CM Punk since the scrum because Punk has tweeted some uh, things about him like, while they've been working together uh, some shots at him. Cause he just doesn't like him and which is fine. Go ahead, do that. But also like you should have done it when punk was in the lock. Like if like to take a victory lap, like now that punk is out. Yeah. that seems a little cowardly.
2: It's in the whole thing too, of like, it's not my company. Like, <laughs> what? I, yeah. I don't imagine again. Like what was your creative idea? Um, and, and you know, it's sad too, is like, I think Griff Garrison does have potential. I, I think if he, he was if he was too much different like gimmick Boy. different thing and he got to go away and reinvent different himself face. and yeah, that, but they are the epitome of like they should like those are two guys that could get released and go to nxt and try it there and get a new gimmick get a new shtick and see if it works wwe loves legacy hires and people who are juniors oh, yeah. and the thirds and the fifths totally. and the sequels and stuff so maybe they have something for him that they can do um And Griff Garrison, like you see him with pictures with like all the boys all the time. Like he seems like a guy who'd be like fun to hang out with. And you'd think like just by you see him all the time in pictures, like maybe someone was like, hey, man, come on. just like jump. Watch his face. And, you know, I I
0: think I think Pillman's problem is really that he's never made himself anything other than Brian Pillman's son. Yeah. And I get that you're that you're Brian Pillman Jr., but you got to do something that's you can't just be like, hey, I'm like him. But 20 years later,
1: right? Be unique. And,
2: yeah. And it's and tough. It's a very he's a that guy is irreplaceable. And he was such a unique person and overcame the odds and just a unique story himself like his throat polyps and surgeries and just his size and his athletic background, um, let alone his like crazy ass persona. So it's it's hard to emulate and I don't know, be a Different version of, or do something similar but different. I don't know. It just—it seems like an uphill battle. Um, you see it sometimes with second generation wrestlers, like Ted DiBiase Junior. The uh, third, yeah, or whatever the Ricky fuck. Ricky steamboats kid. Yeah, oh Jesus Christ, well, I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. some guys that just like for whatever reason, it just never you can't really clicked. live
1: up to how big they were. I
2: mean, yeah,
0: yeah, you're almost better off going by a different name to where people don't realize that you're. That person's kid.
2: May I suggest Mitchell McGillicunty <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Yeah, is that, that Mister Perfect or is that Braze? I forgot. Right. Which no, that was
0: that was Mister Perfect. Perfect. That was Mister Perfect. uh,
2: Perfect's. Yeah, Michael that one was dumb.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Thank God. but when they changed his name to Curtis Axel, that was actually kind of cool because that, that was paid so off. Cool. That paid homage to his grandpa too. Yeah. If they would have, if they would have started with Curtis Axel.
2: And they would have Power. said, like, Dwayne, like, uh, Rocky Maivia was Rocky Johnson and Peter Maivia. You could kind of use that as, like, a way to say it's kind of similar, but I don't know. Yeah, just when you too. make Mr. yourself junior. to emulate yeah. as well.
0: Yeah, it's, it, you, you're just not setting yourself up. You see it with athletes all the time, like, where, I mean, LeBron James's son right now, I don't even think that he's expected to get drafted at this point.
2: No, he. And, I just I mean, got a Sports Illustrated about him. Yeah, he's, like, there's, like, the full article about, like, how... He might, and then that's where LeBron's going to go playing. Whatever. Okay. Yeah.
0: And so like, but like, it's such a hard thing to live up to at that point when, when your dad is that big of a name. So I don't know, maybe, um, maybe, maybe he'll, maybe he'll turn it around and prove us wrong and, and he'll get a good run. But I just thought that that was a, such an out of touch comment. I get it. You don't want to bury yourself, but what have they lost without Julia Hart other than maybe a little bit of screen time? Where they still looked like geeks,
2: yeah, yeah, they, they were very geeky guys.
0: Yes. Well, let's move forward to uh, let's get positive again.
1: Sean, what are you excited about? The amount of times that we scissored this weekend, it's got to be the, the acclaimed for swerving our glory. Sheesh. We everyone loves them. Everyone loved it around. Uh, it's gonna be oh, a hot nice. match. You probably uh, you probably put the straps on those hometown boys. So, be fun to see after that match at. Um, all out. I'd love to see him again. I am going to be so
0: annoyed at myself for last week, complaining about hometown people always winning in their hometown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when, when the acclaim lose this match, if, they, if that were to happen, but it's going to be a hot match. Everybody truly does love the acclaimed. And uh, it was kind of interesting to see the way that they approached it this past week with uh, them coming out, cutting the music and max, just basically saying, don't you ever interrupt my rap again, or I'll beat your ass. Um, I like that they've made it. They've made this like a legitimate feud when it kind of started as just, uh, you know, just two tag teams that were nice going to fight. You knew it was going to be a good match, and now it actually feels like there's a good feud attached to it. Hopefully, we'll get to see them get the win, and um, you know what, they're gonna Swerve in Our Glory is hopefully going to break up because I would love to see that feud as one on ones right there.
2: Yeah, it's amazing how execution matters. I mean, this was such an afterthought of a feud going into it to all out. No one thought anything of this match. No one thought it was going to be any good. It was going to be my smoke was, break. Yeah. And it was literally just like, oh, I'm just going to challenge you. And that was it. It was like ah, another fucking thing like that. And just wasn't anything going into it. And they did such a great job with the match and just the subsequent angles and mic time they both have gotten. Everyone can talk. Everyone's over. Uh, it's going to be cool. And like, yeah, like you said, I'd love to see Swerve go heal and finally embrace Mm -hmm. that. But I do hope Acclaim wins just so there can be more explanations of what scissoring means to the civilian world who have no clue what the fuck that is. That's my favorite thing in the world. It's like that bemused look when someone sees us scissoring.
0: Yeah, let's, let's make, let's make scissoring a, a national movement
2: yeah the crotch top kicked out you know that was a thing it still plays but yeah it's it's all about the
1: scissoring now (laughs) (laughs) chris what are you what are you looking forward to
2: (laughs) besides scissoring um no i'm looking forward to moxley and danielson i think that's a great match where you don't know who's going to win they did have uh i think i think we rated it four and three four stars um Uh, at revolution when they first wrestled and they had that bloody classic, it was fantastic. I'm sure they'll have another very, very solid match. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the whole card though. Honestly, I think it's going to be a great show. We'll talk a little bit about that at the end of the show, but, uh, I'm excited to see what they do and how they pull it off and, uh, what MJF's involvement is as well.
0: It's gonna be it's gonna be a great card overall. and and like you said, that that match, it'll be interesting where they put it because last year they had put kind of um, the one everyone was expect expecting to be kind of the uh, the main event. They had that go first when it was Danielson and Omega that led off the show. So I wonder if they'll do something like that. Keep it hot to start again. Um, definitely looking forward to it. Like I said, I think Danielson's winning it here, getting his short little title reign before MJF gets his reign of terror. And uh, cannot wait to see just the the general card, which we'll break down in just a minute. But Sean, did you have any thoughts on the match? Or the, sorry, that matchup?
1: I'm sticking with Mox, and this is just, yeah, going to be another brutal, brutal fuck fest. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait indeed. Well, let's move on to the, the
0: overall card. So uh, we just gave our predictions there, but let's just finalize them in there. So I'm saying... Uh, for the AEW World Championship, John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson will be winning that match. Let's get it on record, boys. Let's make it official. I know you just said it, Sean, but I'm making you say it again. Mox.
2: I'm I'll with go Mox. Mox as well, too. Yeah. There
0: we go. I it's feel good. like, were we all the opposite last week? Um, I thought you both had Danielson last week. Just interesting to see uh, yeah, the way things did. sway. When
1: he came over on Friday, we talked about it and he he, he swole me.
2: Yeah. I, me. I, I politicked. Huh?
1: I respect it. Shadow deals.
2: Uh, next, we
0: have the AEW World Tag Team Championship match. Swerve and our glory, our current champions, facing the acclaimed. I'm going acclaimed on this. Sean, how about yourself?
2: Acclaimed, acclaimed. Varsity Blondes surprise us all. <laughs> Reinform the band. Yeah, man. Let's let's do this. Let's have the acclaimed bow out because of a knee injury turn heel and give it to the varsity blondes everyone gets over
0: there we go but then they then they free bird it with a returning julia hart (laughs) Uh,
2: just put enzo in there let's just really go full tilt
0: (laughs) next we have the aew interims interim women's world championship match tony storm who's champion versus serena Deeb, versus athena versus dr Britt baker dmd I'm going with Tony Storm retaining here.
1: Sean. Yeah, that only yeah. seems right. Tony Storm. May have uh, Jamie Hater beat her later.
2: I, Christopher? I guess. Yeah, Tony Storm. I mean, I love all f- four of these ladies, but uh, poor Serena Deeb should get the title shot. Like, that's kind of dumb how the story like, played itself out. She beat the champion. Like, yeah. poor Serena. Yeah,
0: it's, I don't love that they're doing a, a fatal four-way right after they just did a fatal four-way at the at the pay-per-view. But also, I'm glad that all four of them are getting on TV for their biggest show. Big show,
2: yeah. I mean, God forbid you can't put them in a stable. That would just be weird. Girls, (laughs) No girls allowed. No girls allowed. (laughs)
0: Next, we have the AEW All-Atlantic Championship match. Pac versus
1: Orange Cassidy. I'm going with Pac retaining here. Yeah, I think Pac retains. I think it just kind of behooves him to have the title when he... Travels around the world and doesn't come back to TV for a while.
2: I have a weird feeling Orange Cassidy actually wins this. I don't think that's the right move, but I think that could happen. I could see it. I'm,
0: I just want, I would rather see Pac versus Ethan Page because Ethan Page is, you know, because yeah.
1: yeah.
0: uh, we already saw, we, we actually saw him face Orange Cassidy, right? When we were.
2: That's true. That was at, at War Blood
0: Games and Guts. or not
2: War Games, Blood and Guts, excuse me. Wasn't it Blood and Guts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yep.
0: Because okay. that was when he debuted his uh, new theme song.
1: Oh, yeah. Jamie, yeah.
0: And we were fucking mm. pumped. Lastly, we've got the ROH World Championship match Claudio Castagnoli as champion facing the wizard, Chris Jericho. Um, oof, part of me kind of thinks that they give it to Jericho here. But I don't want to see that happen, so I'm going Claudio.
1: I'm I'm sticking with the champ. Claudio's retaining.
2: My my dog is really into the idea of Claudio retaining, so Charlie's going to be all for Claudio. That boy. And you can't pick the barking up now. Apparently, the moment I made reference to him, then he completely shut the fuck up. But he was loud before. <laughs> a little at it. <edit. laughs>
0: Well, let's move into some other uh, just kind of quick quick hitter news that we, uh, as we talked about, there's a lot of stuff that we could have chosen from uh, for our News of the Week. So uh, first of all, Velveteen Dream went live on Instagram and admitted to a lot of NXT wrestlers doing coke at a party. Um, EC3 came back and basically said, uh, no, that didn't happen, but <laughs> he said he's never failed a drug test, which seems unrealistic
1: you just never got fast
0: yeah yeah I get but i also like that it's like i've never failed one he's never said he's never taken drugs
1: mm-hmm. or just never yeah.
0: failed one yeah. um it's <laughs> not a lie but. that was a wild video did you guys watch the whole video
2: i i couldn't i oh. just felt too that was too sad it
1: was uncomfortable yeah the idea of the video sounds like someone who's on coke going on yeah. about it so i couldn't
0: uh, find myself well, I always find it funny when somebody's trying to dismiss a rumor or you know uh, talk about something that's like popped up, and they like talk in a really weird like voice of now why would that happen and why like just say the story straight. Stop trying to tell a tell an interesting story and just tell the fucking story. If you're trying to set it straight, don't worry about being a character or being a uh, a great storyteller so much as you should be worried about just making sure that the actual story gets told because the, truth. the only reason I listened as far as I did was cause I wanted to see if he named names. Otherwise it wasn't very like it wasn't coherent. Like you said, you don't, you don't want to hear somebody who might be on drugs, talk about how other people are on drugs. It's just not usually
1: that interesting.
2: How much does um, it like cost to do it? Like uh, th- that's how ignorant I am about cocaine. Are you asking I'm about just... the,
1: the price of an eight ball? We shouldn't be doing this on live air. Well, also, like
2: when you do like a bump or something, like how much is like a line cost or a bump cost? Is that like twenty bucks or something? Or? I I have never no. Um, it can't be twenty bucks. I wait. Why I have yeah? I have zero. Power. I, I could do a do thousand dollars for all I know. Yeah, yeah I would, I know. no, but that's what I'm saying. Just like it's so foreign <laughs> as a thing, the idea of like. Like me buying cocaine yeah. would be like the just most bizarre transaction. Anti you don't even know. Yeah, like like the guy selling I, it to me I, would be like, "Are you no? <laughs> I need the money and I want to ruin lives, but not yeah." yeah.
0: You just go. <laughs> I, I'd like one cocaine, please.
2: <laughs> now, 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 how do I do it? Do I use it with like my gums? With my fingers? Do I what? Yeah, I don't know. It's just weird.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's a world we don't know, and hopefully the rumors are not true. And it's a world that all of the NXT roster does not know, although there <laughs> were some there was some insinuation that there might be some now some people that have been uh, moved up to the main roster now that were a part of that party. Um, speaking of NXT, NXT Two Point Oh is Nomas at the end of last week's episode a kind of scribbled out the 2.0 and the uh, Nickelodeon color scheme that they had. And now we previously had the black and gold era. Now it's the black and white era. I'm very excited to see what this means for NXT uh, because you know what? A lot of times I don't have anything to do on Tuesdays. So it would be nice to have that to tune in on and hopefully see it be a little bit more of what we used to love about NXT. They also have started giving it back the takeover name. So Halloween Havoc was originally just going to be Halloween Havoc, and now it's takeover Halloween
1: Havoc. Oh, okay.
2: Oh, okay. That's cool.
1: Good to see everyone in WWE is getting their their old names back. Yeah, yeah. He is not being shy. He being
0: Triple H about uh, giving people back what they want, you know, their full names. Um, Speaking of changing a name, Survivor Series yeah. Now gonna be Survivor Series War Games. What was War your games. guys' thoughts about that?
2: Well I that like end? it as long as it's not the cage with the like I'd love to see like the cage that has a top on it, like the old school WCW one where it was kind of like saggy and sort of kind of fucked up. Like that that cage top I always liked. Um,
1: spray painted blue and red. <laughs> yeah. Oh.
0: Now we're talking brand warfare. I, I originally was a little bit annoyed, and I said it in our group chat because I hate how they have like a Hell in a Cell pay per view or a TLC pay per view. Like things should happen as they're needed rather than it being like, okay, we, October's coming up, Hell in a Cell. We need to work to two programs that are Hell in a Cell worthy, even though they rarely were, it felt like. But when I think about it in the sense of like what a Survivor's Gate or a Survivor Series match is already being a five on five as I thought about it, like if they're just changing what the survivor series style matches, I'm actually, I I'm pretty okay with that. And, and are they, do they have a brand split currently? I have no idea.
2: No, they do, but like, they, it's still kind of fuzzy, but you can do Roman's um, bloodline team yeah. against Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre it's, it's... and Logan Paul. And then it kind of does yeah. sort of goes down from there, but uh <laughs> there are some people on the baby face, I guess side that you could put against them and it'll be fine. Yeah. So like that I, actually won't be that bad of a concept. I mean, it's the same thing though. Like there's never really an, an organic reason for Royal rumble. Like why at least, these like, 30 guys hate each other? Like, it's it's just like a chance yeah. to but to it. me,
0: that's not like a hate each other. That's like, we're, this is kicking off WrestleMania and you get a shot at
1: fighting the, for a chance at the
0: biggest, yeah, you get it. It's a fighting for a chance at the title or, yeah. you know, at WrestleMania. Whereas, like, it's not, it's not like a blood ma- blood feud match, you know,
2: right? Spot but this on, is kicking on. off the kickoff to WrestleMania <laughs> with brand <laughs> supremacy. It all makes sense. Yeah. Idiot. <laughs> uh,
0: you you mentioned Logan Paul in there. We didn't have this in our notes, but they they announced Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. Saw some people complaining about that. There is nowhere I would rather this happen <laughs> than during Crown Jewel at Saudi yeah. Arabia because there's yeah. zero chance I'm going to fucking watch it. So yeah. Have this match, do it over there. Apparently, the Crown Prince is like weirdly a big fan of (laughs) Logan Paul, which is super (laughs) funny. So you know what? People are going to complain about it. That's the perfect place to have it because you don't even care about buys because you're getting fifty million dollars regardless to be there. Mm -hmm. So, um, another WWE thing. uh, So lately, at house shows and on commercial breaks, they've been playing the song "White Rabbit" by. Is it Jefferson? Airplane? Um,
1: Starship? No. That's, Starship that's or who's airplane?
0: That. It's Airplane because Starship does uh, Jane. Yeah. Um, so, performing, uh, playing White Rabbit, which has people wondering if that's uh, a hint to potentially Bray Wyatt returning. Also, that was the name of Karrion Cross's character on Lucha Underground. He was the White Rabbit. So, could be some tie ins there. They're both spooky characters. Maybe they're going to tag. They actually could probably be an interesting tag team. Potentially. They yeah. both like to talk in circles. So why not?
2: I thought this was a cool thing, though. I mean, I uh, I saw it today and I was like, oh, shit, this is working. And I got almost goosebumps. Not not quite there. Just half stoked. But it was still <laughs> interesting to hear. And I think it's a it is a haunting song and it is cool. Yeah, and great song. That yeah, could but... be a really unique thing. And it could be spooky and a cool moment without being. Um, obnoxious or turn into something stupid like a lot of Bray's stuff ended up becoming in the end. So as Mm -hmm. long as there's restraints on what Bray's doing, it could be really unique and cool and it'd be an interesting way to get him back in and I don't know, just lyrically that song is so cryptic and fucked up and weird Alice in the Wonderland metaphors and shit like that so you never know I don't know, but that could be more drug references.
0: It it definitely is a (laughs) cool way to it definitely is a cool way to do it and and unique. It kind of reminds me of when Malachi Black the night he he debuted in AEW how like there's just random times where the lights would cut out for a second and the whole show leading up to him actually debuting like Jero was like sorry folks we keep seem to be having a problem with like the power like they were just they didn't act like it was a debut the whole time when right. the last time it was something just cool unique like that to have it where it's like he's taking control of things. I think, I think it's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that Bray is the genius that everyone seems to kind of give him credit for being. That was kind of like the only thing that made me want to see him in AEW because it was kind of like, I just want to see if you're this good as is, is everyone thinks you are, if you're truly held back by Vince who just didn't get it or or not. So it'll be interesting if under Triple H's uh, reign, if, if he can be interesting.
2: This is the thing that does suck in wrestling right now is you don't know from like an authorship standpoint who's really behind what and who's the initiator and driver of things and came up with ideas and stuff and like it seems like a lot of things in AEW are created by the talent and maybe not tony um or maybe he just fleshes things out or like how vince would have a little deeper underbelly supposedly on what people did and would go okay we'll try this or something like that i don't know so it'd be it'd it'd be so interesting to truly know what people do and now that there's such a vibrant independent scene that everything's recorded it'd be kind of cool to see okay what guys actually really are creative and do innovative things on a pro wrestling gorilla or um the fucking one in california and you know things like that right like just other different promotions
0: well, yeah. And uh, based on, I just listened to the Talk is Jericho episode where he talks about the, f- the founding, as I said earlier, of AEW. So actually based off of that, a good rule of thumb is if it's a good idea, Chris Jericho came up with it. If it's an AEW, so <laughs> I love you, Chris, uh, in case you're a listener. But um, I, I he actually did talk about how a lot of things pretty much it is he, he said even to this day there are no writers and now that's one of the things he loves he's like I don't know if I could actually go back to WWE at this point because you would literally just have a writer call you and say this is what you're doing whereas in AEW he's, he kind of comes up with it you pitch it to Tony he's like I can't remember what it was he had pitched a, a name to Tony for the Jericho Appreciation Society before I think he was going to call it the Citadel or something like that and he said, Tony just completely no-sold it. And he's like, the way Tony reacted, I immediately was like, I'm just kidding. That I, I didn't actually like that name either. <laughs> like, like that's, that's, <laughs> that's how bad so it was. Always on. <laughs> so a um, couple other AEW notes. Uh, Kenny Omega was in Japan with Kota Ibushi. And in a photo that came out, you could see a bite mark on his arm still. So seems like Ace uh, dug in pretty hard there.
2: Yeah, if that's true, I mean, I those those pictures were out, and uh, it's fucking gnarly. Oof! But uh, hopefully, he's doing well, and maybe Kota's gonna come back over here. You never know. Would
0: love, would love yeah, would love that. Um, a little bit worried that uh, the the New Japan thing might screw it up. If you know, who knows how politics work with that, and if if New Japan's like he's untouchable or something like that. If AWO, but. Tony's got fuck you money so he can do whatever he wants. I'll give
2: you your release if you know how to use a marker. Go. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and then our uh, our other piece of Kenny Omega news uh, in that uh, all talent meeting a couple of weeks ago, he stood up and said something along the lines of, you know, eight out of the 10 wrestlers here wouldn't have been hired uh, if I was in charge of hiring. From what I heard, that was a joke. But in the scheme of everything that's going on, probably very just not, not the right timing. Poor taste. Um, And like there, yeah, there are people that were rubbed the wrong way. And especially when you're doing a rally, the troops meeting, probably not the best time to do that. But like that's comes with, that's one of those things where when your company's being run by guys who work in a carny industry their whole life, they don't understand the, they don't understand the business aspect. Uh, I think I'm probably overly sensitive to it being in HR. I just, I don't make a joke that I think could go over wrong ever, so maybe I'm uh, a little bit far, far on the other side of that thing. But I just I feel like bad taste, and, and and it sucks that it's coming out right now because of all the scrutiny.
2: I would love if the EVPs did things that like terrorize employees by putting in like a meeting request that says "quick chat" and like, oh no, <laughs> the fuck is that supposed to mean?
0: <laughs> just like an eight a.m. meeting on a Friday.
2: Yeah, quick chat.
0: (laughs) But it's literally just like talking about like the video game with them.
2: Yeah. (laughs) No, and Uh, the other and and I forget what podcast it was on. So I apologize. I'm not giving them credit here. But one of them brought up the rumor that they heard from a quote unquote credible source um, that. The elite doesn't like don't watch all the shows or they'll sometimes leave the building early. And. Supposedly, that was one of the things that made people go on the punk side in their little back and forth war is that punk apparently watches every bit of AW television. So who knows if that's true? Again, it's a source and it's um, narratives playing out behind the scenes. But that would be very odd if that was the case where they don't watch all the shows like that would just be a bizarre uh, thing that's going to just only going to make division in the locker room.
0: Create some heat. Yeah, especially weird to do when like you're an EVP. It'd be one thing if you're just a top star and you're like, eh, my my bit here's done. I'm out of here. But to do it when like you're one of the I find that hard to believe too. Company, that, yeah, that
2: just seems very odd. That like if all of us can find the time to watch this shit, why can't you? Well, <laughs> and,
0: and they, how much of their time is also spent filming stuff backstage, like for oh, BT? BT? Like I almost feel like maybe they disappear, but it's because they're off in some storage closet filming the Dark Order doing some weird bit. So totally, like, totally. I don't know. I, I, uh, I also saw something, I think it was Wade Keller said that there's nobody that feels like the bucks really have, like, they don't rub anybody the wrong way. Really. They're, there are people who are like, they're not my kind of people, but they're not dicks backstage or, uh, you know, kind of people that, that, are overcome with their power or anything like that so
2: yeah they did have a a humble attitude in their book and granted it's their book that they're writing of course they're not going to make themselves some like monsters but you know they seem level-headed and they get the uh you know who's a idiot is booker t because he demands that we shake his hand and he sees it as the (laughs) ultimate disrespect thing so like at least they kind of get that so i'll give them more benefit of the doubt (laughs) that they're not fucking stupid by uh Getting caught up on that.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, hopefully, this is all figured out and, and the Bucks are back in the fold come Revolution because it looks like the rumors are that Revolution will be filming at the Cow Palace in LA. So hometown boys getting their chance to, to do something else in LA. Um, you know, Cow Palace is a legendary spot for pro wrestling. I think one thing that's been cool about AEW, so they do cool venues like Arthur Ashe, which had never hosted pro wrestling before and is a very cool spot to do it. But they also will play and and smaller venues that were they could probably do something bigger than the Cow Palace in LA. Yeah. But they do these legendary wrestling spots, paying a little bit of homage to to the sport that they play. And uh, I, I just think that it was kind of cool to see that despite the fact that I was pissed off that it wasn't a Detroit pay-per-view.
1: Whatever happened to
2: that?
0: Tony breaking his promises, just lied to us.
2: Well, you thought I thought full gear for a minute there. I mean, there wasn't anything going on in Detroit during that time. And well, yeah, then, and
0: then they're and they're literally in they're in Chicago the week after. So because yeah. they always do Chicago for Thanksgiving week. So what the fuck, um, Hopefully, hopefully sometime soon, because he teased it, and it'd be really really mean not to. Um, but. That is all we have for the show this week. Uh, Thank you again, everybody, once again, for listening, for checking out the website. It's WrestlingElitas.com for our latest match reviews, articles, and so much more. If you ever have any questions that you want answered on the show, please feel free to leave us a five-star review and leave it in the comments or shoot us an email directly at our contact emails listed on the website. That's all for now. Rick Rude, take us home.
1: Hit the music.